0: Good evening, welcome to another episode of Brothers of Happy Valley. This is Mauricio Molina, your host, Penn State Class of 1997. With me tonight, I have Steve and Jennifer Biddle, who met in McKeesport back in the fall of 1995, and have been together for the last 25 years. Steve is originally from Reading, Pennsylvania. Jen originally from College Point, New York. And they left State College in the spring of 1999, Jen graduated with a BA in Administration of Justice, and Steve left with a degree in Rehabilitation Education. How are you guys this evening?
1: We're doing well. How about
0: you? I'm doing well, thank you. Thanks for joining me tonight. Thanks for uh, giving of your time to make sure everybody catches up with you and see how you're doing. it's well, I'm going to
2: correct you. I am not from Reading, Pennsylvania. I identify as being from suburban Cincinnati, Ohio, so I just want to put that on record.
0: Okay. And you did graduate from Reading High School, correct? I
2: did not Reading High School, Wilson High School. In Reading, Pennsylvania. Former Penn State quarterback, Gary Collins.
0: Okay. All right. I just want to make certain, um, nothing ever changes. Uh, I know that you led Polk High School to the state championship with six touchdown passes as well.
2: Now I'm a shoe salesman.
0: All right. So, (laughs) all right. So when did you guys actually leave State College?
2: So you want to go
1: first? Yeah. So I graduated in the summer of 1999. Um, I got a job working um, for the University of Delaware, but they had a satellite office in Manhattan. New York. Um, so I moved back home and started working.
2: So, and I was not as fortunate to be on the four year track as my beautiful bride. I, I had so much fun hanging out with you guys that I decided to stay an extra year. So I actually didn't leave until the summer of 2000. Um, and I actually, for a brief time, went back to Cincinnati.
0: Okay. All right. Wow. All right. So, so talk a little bit about that. That's, uh, I mean, you had not been apart for over four years at that point, or, or at least four, four solid years, uh, having met in the fall of 95 at Sports. So, so what was that like for you guys being apart for a year?
2: So, well, it, it, it didn't end up turning out to be a year. Well,
1: but I mean, it did the year
2: you were in school. Right, yeah, so, yeah, the year I was in school. So, the yeah. year
1: he was in school, I would come up on weekends. So, we would either, he would usually drive to Reading. So, I would take the bus, you know, after work on Friday. Um, and sometimes we would meet in Reading and then drive back to State College and spend the weekend. And then there were sometimes, other, you know, hung out other times that we would just get a hotel in Reading. And we would spend the weekend there so that was the first year and then when he graduated and moved to Cincinnati you were only in Cincinnati.
2: Well yeah I had a um I had a job line so I did um as I was about to graduate in the rehabilitation education program I I probably at one time or another was in just about every major that Penn State had to offer I think I started out communications And I thought I was going to go into business, and finally, uh, you actually hooked me up with uh, the guidance counselor that got me into the rehabilitation education program. Javier. My idea, I forget, what was his name, but I don't remember his name.
0: Javier was his name.
2: Javier, that's right, Javier.
0: Former Green Beret, actually from Miami. Yes.
2: uh, So I... um, My goal was I was going to teach history and coach high school football. That was going to be the rest of my life. You and I went into Javier's office. You introduced me. I sat down. I told Javier my grand plan. He said, that's great. That's a fantastic plan if you would have come to me two years ago. The education program, as you know, was uh, pretty, uh, pretty tough to get into. And my grade point average coming out of McKeesport wasn't exactly stellar. So um, he did inform me that I had this opportunity. I could get a rehabilitation education degree. It's still a teaching degree from Penn State. I could then go get my master's in history or whatever it decided that I wanted to, uh, to pursue. And then I would have my, you know, be able to go out and teach. And uh, I remember sitting in a lot of my you know, rehabilitation education classes, you know, as, as I got higher in the program, people were starting to get jobs and, you know, they'd come to the class all excited. They just got a job making $15,000 doing social work. And, you know, after about four or five of those. And I really started investigating, like, what the hell can I do with this thing? I remember calling my dad. I was probably two months away from graduating in a panic telling him, dad, I, I don't want to do this. I, I don't want going to do this degree. You know, i graduating in two months. I don't know what I'm gonna do. So uh, he had a uh, sales rep who went off and, and started his own brokerage company that always thought he'd met me a bunch of times in high school and college and always thought that I had uh, the gift of bullshitting and would have been a good salesman and my dad, said, Hey, you know, I will thought you should on into sales. I can see if I can line something up. So a uh, long story short, he, uh, I got a job.
1: It's a long story.
2: <laughs> long story longer. <laughs> I got a job, um, in, in Cincinnati working for a, a guy who had a brokerage company. And, uh, I, when I left, I moved back into Cincinnati expecting to do that job. And, uh, literally the job lasts two weeks. And um, it, uh, the, the guy that I was working for had lost his largest accounts and really couldn't afford to pay me what, what he thought he was going to be able to pay me. So I was stuck in Cincinnati and Jen was up in New York and she had a job and I didn't. So I, I missed being with my beautiful bride. It had been a long time since we had lived together. We were recently engaged. We got engaged in October no, of we 2000. It wasn't that we Lived together. We had never lived together. well, but lived in the same area. lived in the same area. I miss I missed you. <laughs> this is great. So, um, so I, I I got a job up in uh up in New York. So, and, yeah. And so he
1: moves up on a Sunday, and he starts looking for jobs and takes the first thing that he finds. Now you know this is a guy who's only been to New York a handful of times. So we were living in kind of the border of Long Island. So he finds this job in where in New Jersey? Fairfield, New Jersey. Fairfield, New Fairfield.
0: Jersey. Fairfield,
1: he 90 minutes, easily. The cross Bronx. The cross yeah. Bronx and George Washington Bridge every day.
0: <laughs> but he's from the mean streets of Cincinnati, so don't worry yes. about it, right? No big deal. I, was, I was
2: accustomed to it. Yes. Yes. New York is no problem for yeah. him.
0: Let, let me just circle back around for just one minute and ask Jen a question. Jen, why did you take the bus every weekend to Reading, Pennsylvania?
1: Um, so it was it was, it it was B, a, a Beaver bus. Yeah, and it was direct. Yeah, it, it was a Beaver bus. So I didn't work far um, from Port Authority, so I would just hop on the bus, and I think that was the furthest because to get into State College,
2: it I was think a lot it, more expensive.
1: It was well, it was more expensive, and it took it made like a bunch of stops. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas Reading was, and I think well, you were kind of familiar with it too because the, the times that we would stay in Reading, like we would do things kind of around there. Right. Um, so I think, and like I said, I think it was three hours
0: because Steve hours. was, because kind of Steve was from Reading, yeah.
1: Okay, moving on <laughs> Friday after, after work, so by the time we actually met, it would be eight o'clock at night as it was.
0: Okay, wow, yeah, no, I understand. Uh, Steve, Reading seems People to come up love, a lot huh? in your life. What?
2: The things you do when you're in love.
0: I understand. And and yep. Reading seems to be a focal point of your life right now. I know. Okay, <laughs> so moving on. Um, all right, so uh, you moved to New York. Um, at that point, you guys moved in together? You separately? What was the.
2: We actually lived with Jen's aunt for how long? So you moved up in
1: November,
2: yeah, so we, I was living at my aunt's house, so
1: he moved in there, she she doesn't have kids, so she had, you know, a bunch of extra bedrooms, so we stayed there from November, and then we moved into our first apartment in March, so, and also that October, so the month before he moved up, we got engaged, so by the time when we moved into our first apartment, we were engaged, um, So we were in. We moved in in March, and then the following March we got married.
0: Okay, all right. I was going to say it would be a little difficult to to live in New York and live on your own, both of you, living a lot of money in rent. So.
1: Yes, absolutely. I, it really, I don't even think it was an option no.
2: to be able to
1: afford two apartments at that point.
2: Steve, what what was it? my mo? you like this. My parents wouldn't come visit us. In New York until we were married because they did not approve of Jen and I living in sin because we were cohabitating without being
0: married and, and you know what the fact that they're probably going to hear this at some point I will agree <laughs> with them to make certain that you know I have inroads there too okay so moving on <laughs> um Steve what was it like all of a sudden you 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 graduate from reading I know you Spent part of your time in Cincinnati, you're, you're in state college, but like Jen said, all of a sudden you're in New York City, and there's no getting around that. That's you know what, different it,
2: was, it was, everything happened so fast. Like, we, you know, we graduated, and, and our original plan was, because the job that Jen had, it was ending like a year later, right? So
1: I was hired, it was a two-year contract. So and it, it was literally, it was one of those things where the office, the satellite office was um, rented out for those two years. So after that, it was not, unless I was planning on moving to Delaware at that time. Um, so I was really looking at it as, you know, this kind of, you know, a first job kind of thing. So our original intention was I was going to finish out the contract
2: and we were going to settle down in Ohio. Yeah so all of a sudden yeah so yeah so when the you know i when i got let go of that job literally two weeks after so i mean i'd gone out you know i had not done what i went to school to do um moved from state college to ohio bought a car um you know started went and did i I worked at a couple plants that of lines that this company represented for you know a couple days each and you know, I just, I had this idea in my head as to, all right, this is how our life's gonna be. You know, we're gonna do this for a year. Jen's gonna move down. And um, when it ended, you know, I was really just kinda, you know, in this tailspin, like, my God, what am I gonna do now? Like everything that, you know, the, the way I thought this was gonna play out isn't isn't the way that it's playing out. Um, so I, I started, you know, applying for jobs in New York and um, I, I caught on with this company called Candle Business Systems and they were selling copier machines and believe it or not it's actually not the worst job I've ever had but I um, like Jen said I moved up on a Sunday literally that next Monday I was and I remember asking her uncle like I, I got into New York at like 6:30 at night I asked her uncle around eight. I'm like, hey, what time do I need to get up in the morning to be in Fairfield, New Jersey at eight, 8 a.m.? And he kind of chuckled. He's like, hey, I'd leave at about 5.30. I'm like, are you kidding me? It's like 40 miles. He was like, yeah, wait easy traffic. And I, uh, I, I did that from November until January. And then um, through another connection to my dad's actually, I hooked on with a company up in Armagh, New York. Uh, called Trinity Packaging, which was a little bit easier of a sale. I worked for the owner of the company's son, um, traveling the country, uh, you know, working with their broker networks, getting them to, to sell our products and that. It was a little bit more of a career job, but uh, you know, the candle thing was, was just taking something, just having income because you know, literally couldn't, as you know, Mo, I couldn't live in New York without having something. And uh, I, I remember very vividly when I got out of the training for kind of my first day on the job, I remember sitting in a parking lot of this like medical building. and I'm supposed to go knock door to door, freaking cold call and see if anybody need a copier. Calling Jen up in a panic saying, what the hell did I do? I, I how am I gonna knock on the door and ask them to go wanna buy a copier? <laughs> you know, and everything turned out in a well, but the, the whole time was just a whirlwind. I mean, everything just happened so fast. It seemed like it just
0: it just flew by. Let's tra- let's transition a little bit, Jen. What was the what was your your personal life like? I mean, you're in you're in the greatest city in the world. You've got everything at your fingertips. Uh, but I also know how much of a rat race New York can be, especially when you're young and not making a lot of money. Were you able to take advantages of of everything New York had to offer, or you know, did you guys end up kind of in that vicious cycle?
1: No. So I, my first job so. To- When I first started, um, I was living with my aunt. So, I mean, rent was really reasonable. I mean, I lived a little bit farther um, to kind of do a lot of the hanging out thing. Um, But when Steve moved up and subsequently that contract ended and I started working for another nonprofit, um, we moved into Queens at that time. And we used to, like, there were, Quite a few young people that I worked with at the time and like we were both working at the time and I mean you know were things like easy? No but I mean we had kind of limited expenses other than that stupid car that he mentioned he, he bought I love that car <laughs> I know you love that
2: car but What
0: kind of car uh, was it? What'd it you was have?
2: a uh, 2000 What color blue would you call it? Was it? A like, metallic yeah, It was like a metallic blue Toyota Celica he loved it, but it was really expensive. And especially
1: when you basically put nothing
2: down on it. Which it was a really small car and Honkus and Mickle can attest to this. We had one night where we had went to see Wally Richardson play quarterback for the XFL New York franchise. And the game was a blowout, it was a miserable day. We actually had Jen's youngest brother, Tom, with us. And we decided, the four of us, to blow off the game in the Meadowlands and drive down to Atlantic City. And the four of us in this tiny car, we looked like a freaking clown car driving down there. Yeah.
1: I mean, I mean, New York really
2: like, oh, my first day, my first day, a rock flies off a truck, freaking puts a big chink in the, I I took meticulous care of this car. I watched it every day. I was so mad.
0: And New York, New York insurance is pretty much double where, you know, Uh, double everything else.
1: Somebody had a number of tickets, speeding tickets. I know, you've got to slow down. You drive way
0: too fast. All right, so so you get married in 2000 or 2001?
1: 2002. 2002,
0: 2002. okay. Um, and that was summer of, two th- I'm sorry, when, when did you get married? That's an easier March. question. March of 2002. You're still in New York? Yep,
1: still in New York, Okay, yep.
0: so when did you leave New York? I know that you, you bounced around a couple of places across the country, and when did you leave New York and where'd you go?
1: So, we both continued working. I started grad school in 2003, so the year after we got married. Um, So we were, we actually moved from our first apartment to our second apartment. Um, My aunt had a two-family, another aunt, different aunt, had a two-family home. Um, And
2: And not to interrupt, we had to leave our first place because for Christmas that year I decided to buy Jen a puppy. That we weren't really supposed to have in that apartment, <laughs> and I didn't really get approval for it. Yeah, so that was
1: reason number one. The other reason is I started grad school, so I went from working full time to part time. Um, and you know, so again, it was family. So it was a it was a two family house. So we rented the bottom floor. Um, mm-hmm. So we stayed there until 2006 because um, in 2005 we had our first daughter um so it was a two-bedroom apartment but steve was primarily working from home so now he was sharing a office office with Abby's nursery with a baby um so neither of us at that time you were working in well, you were working from home mm-hmm. but you were Most of your accounts were in New Jersey. Yeah, Northern Jersey. Yeah, and I was going to Rutgers. So the reasons to kind of stay in New York were kind of dwindling away. Mm -hmm. That
2: we really, you know, had no reason to. And I mean, you know, you know this as well as anybody. Mo, housing. Prices in New York
0: are just yeah. absurd. I agree. New Jersey not, is not much better, but it, it's yeah, a little and better. And New Jersey's no
2: better. And that's yeah. why we didn't go to New Jersey. We actually huh. went to
1: Pennsylvania. Oh, okay. All right. Uh, yeah, it was kind of like, you know, I mean, other than my family, you know, like Steve was saying, to get even a starter home, um, you know, I was still planning because I was work, I was going to school full-time and working part-time and I had a one-year-old. So, to work full-time was probably not you know, not really where we wanted to go. And um, all to just go for daycare anyway. Mm-hmm. So um, moving out into Pennsylvania afforded us, um, you know, a, a little more leniency.
2: So. Well, we can have a better life. I mean, we yeah. bigger house, a little Backyard, bit yeah. of land. Yeah, so in 2006,
1: we moved into our first house mm-hmm. in Pennsylvania. Okay. And we literally found it. By <laughs> <action>. <laughs> yeah.
2: So we were actually we were um, going. We were gonna go look at places in Reading because that's what I was familiar with. I had some friends who I went to high school with. Who I,
0: kept I thought you with. weren't that's from Reading. Go ahead, sorry. No,
2: no <laughs> i Reading. So anyway, um, Pulse so High had, School. I had some friends down there, but Abby was a colicky baby, and uh, we were driving down to Reading to look at places and. Uh, I know I'd, I'd known a couple people that were from the Easton area, uh, so I, I had a little bit of a knowledge of, of Easton. But um, literally, we like we pulled over at a TGI Fridays right over the border um, in Easton from uh, New from New Jersey, and Jen was feeding Ella Abby, and uh, I went and looked at a couple places, and it was convenient because we were still close enough to get to Jen's family. That was Jen's one big hang-up. She didn't want to get that far away from her family. Writing would have been about two and a half, three hours depending on traffic. Easton you know, was like an hour and a half with moderate traffic. So it just it just made a lot of sense logistically. Easier for me to get to where I was going to work, easier for Jen to get back up to Rutgers for her grad school. So we just kind of found Easton by accident.
0: Okay, all right. So, and then, Essentially, for for those a little spoiler alert, uh, for those of you listening who don't know, uh, Jen, congratulations! You ended up with a doctorate from Rutgers, correct? I did. All right. So it's it's well, Doctor Jennifer Biddle. To
2: Biddle from now on? It's <laughs>
0: Doctor yeah. Jennifer Biddle, absolutely, uh, which is a phenomenal experience. I mean, I congratulations! I can't even imagine what that was like to go through. Uh, but pretty much as soon as you graduated, Steve had an offer, correct?
2: Yeah, you graduated in April. We moved in June. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so um, my the, the company that I was working for, I'd gone from selling copiers to selling plastic bags to selling floor mats, which was the worst experience of my life, uh, to <laughs> selling toilet paper. Then I went to Pepsi and finally ended up with Sweet Street, where I'm at now. But... Um, they, uh, they they offered me a, a position out west um, with the idea that the guy that I was going to go out there and work for I was I going to go out to the west and uh, learn the market learn the area and then the guy that I was going to end up working for was going to retire and then I was the sliding. Okay, all
0: right. So at this point, uh, Jen, you've got three kids. Steve gets a job offer, uh, essentially to set him up for a promotion. You guys moved to Phoenix, Arizona. Talk a little bit about that move, because you're you're uprooted away from your family, you know, away from the East Coast. Um, I did that to my poor wife. And talk about that experience. What was Phoenix like for you? And and the the, the weather. You know, I mean, I the weather, the schools, the kids transitioning.
1: Yeah, so, you know, I was kind of pretty open-minded. You know, I was like, well, you know, the five of us, will just, we'll make it home. And, um, you know, so the kids were young. So my oldest was going into third grade. My son was just starting kindergarten. And then Ella was still home. Um, So the very first year, so, you know, we quickly, we literally... Because school on the East Coast ends a lot later, um, or I shouldn't say ends later, but the schools out west start a lot earlier. Um, so the school that they were zoned for was starting the second or third week of July. So, and they didn't finish at the East Coast until mid-June. So, you know, we were kind of packing up and moving. So I think we moved to the very end of June. So these kids literally had like two weeks and then they were, you know, back to school, you know, in Arizona. Um, and from the very first year, I this it was strange to me because the school got very good ratings. Um, but I wasn't happy with it academically. Um, so one of the things I kind of told myself, cause education, I mean, as you know, Mo, it's a lot different out West. Um, yeah. so <laughs> I spent that year rather than pulling them um, you know, kind of looking at different options because there's tons of charter schools, there's tons of private schools, um, so I really kind of did my homework, um, and I found a school that I was like, okay, you know, we're pulling them, and so the very next year, so now Abby's starting fourth, my son is starting first, and then, you know, Ella's still, I'm not in school, and Abby had a real tough time, you know, that, that first year, Um, You know, I I think it was a little kind of, of, you know, here we go again. Um, She wasn't really old enough to kind of understand, you know, that, you know, the reasonings behind it. Um, Because whereas I think she had a really good third grade experience, I think it was more an anomaly that she got a really good teacher rather than a reflection of the entire school. Um, So, you know, I was kind of, you know, this is, you know, I understand that you may have some hesitation, but, you know, this is what we're doing. Um, so it took her a bit to get kind of, you know, comfortable with it. Um, but I was really happy with their, with legacy. Uh, I don't know if I can say that's school, just second school. <laughs> but um, I was really happy with their education out there. Um, and in terms of transition, you know, I mean, with the kids being in school, it was a little bit easier, um, you know, to kind of meet people. You know, we always struggled a bit because everything was a bit more spread out. Um, the kids like back East here, you know, it's very much the kids that they play, they go to school with are the ones on their baseball teams and football teams and basketball teams. And it's, it's a little more spread out, out West. Um, so I would say it was, that was the biggest struggle of, you know, seeing the same people constantly and developing those relationships. I,
0: I can definitely attest to the fact that you have to build your own community. Yeah, uh, when you right come there. west, it's it really
2: does. Which, was, which was shocking to me because you know moving out there, there's not many people you come in contact with that are actually from Phoenix. Everybody's moved there from some place. I'm sure Vegas is very similar. Absolutely. And um, you know, I, I I thought you know we would be in a community that was filled with people like us that were there from other places. You know, didn't have probably didn't have much family around. Um, you know, it, it really wasn't that at all. You know, people, you know, very friendly. There's nothing wrong with it being, you know, they're very friendly people, but people for the most part kept to themselves. You know, you, your yards had these big six foot high walls that locked you off. So it's not like you could look out in your backyard, see your neighbor grilling, and go out and start, you know, having a conversation. You know, a lot of times, particularly in the summer, you know, the only time you see your neighbors is when they're going into the garage and out of the garage. Um, you know, from going somewhere, so it was just a very different experience that yeah, I think Jen and I both thought it was going to be.
0: Okay. Um, so now I'm going to go to the end of your experience because you weren't out there necessarily for too long. Um, the guy who oh, was no. supposed to the guy who was supposed to retire, turn things over to you uh, for whatever reason, continues to work, and. <laughs> and <laughs> Will um, not, doesn't open it up for you. Uh, so, and all yeah. of a sudden you get the opportunity to move back to the East Coast for a promotion.
2: Yeah, uh, yeah. and so the job that I went out west for, um, my old boss who hired me ended up leaving the company, okay. and uh, the opportunity to go back for the job I really moved out west popped up back home. So... You know, I I loved Phoenix. I I would still be out there to this day. I mean, well you you and I've talked a lot about you know how much I I love living out there. Jen liked it, you know, but it I I don't want to speak, but I mean it was never really home to you. I mean you always missed being back on the East Coast, right?
1: I did, yeah. I mean I I always preferred the East Coast. And you know, and I mean it was also You know, his parents were getting older, my mom was getting older, and, you know, that distance just seemed farther and farther, Um, you know, Mm -hmm. so, but what's funny is once, we actually moved twice when we were in Arizona, so Mm -hmm. Steve had bought the first house with, I hadn't even seen it, because when we moved out to Arizona, we were so busy, I was, you know, getting ready to graduate, you know, three young kids, my dad was actually living with us at the time, um, so things, I just never got the opportunity. So he had bought the house,
2: yeah, which, which by was, the way, for everybody, you never <laughs> buy a house without your wife seeing it first. It, was a it fun, does not thing. end well.
1: It was a fine house, but you were, he fell in love with the backyard and the house probably needed a little more TLC. Um, and you were like, so once we got into that house, we only spent two years in that house. I heard
0: the I heard the house came with a pool boy.
1: Yes, an <laughs> obsessed guess. pool boy. Yeah. <laughs> and then our second house was actually our dream house. Yeah. We were like, we are retiring here. This house had everything we wanted. Right? It was in a great neighborhood. Um, you know, we had a lot of friends in close mm-hmm. proximity, and we lived there for. An, year and
2: nine months, then, and then we moved back. It's <laughs> really like when the, when the job to come home opened up, it it, re, it it wasn't a slam dunk decision for us to take. I yeah. actually turned it down twice before I ended up taking it. But um, you know, we, we just started to get our feet under us in Phoenix. You know, Phoenix had just started to feel like home. Jen had a job she loved working for Maricopa County. Um, you know, I just, yeah, the weather, the, accessibility to everything, how cheap it was to live out there. I mean, we really had a nice setup and it it, it was a tough decision to move back, but one that I think now, you know, three years later, I think we both look back on that, you know, we did the right thing for our family.
0: Okay, so perfect, perfect segue into it. Uh, We have, you've got three kids at this point, we haven't really talked about them. If you can just kind of tell everybody names, ages, where they are right now in school and and kind of go go through what what life is like. You move back, you you move to Easton, um, you you buy a beautiful house. I've been there, I can attest, it's a beautiful house. Um, So what's life like now with three kids, um, all school aged, no doubt in activities, in sports? Um, Tell us a little about family life what that's like for you on a day-to-day basis.
1: So our oldest is Abby and she is 15. Freshman Um, in high school. Yes, she's a freshman in high school. So high school is, you know, I mean, it's a whole different ball game. Um, She dances and she's in soccer. Um, So, you know, she's just, she's incredibly quirky. She has this amazing personality. Um, and it's really cool to kind of watch her come into her own. Um, you know, it's funny because I, I think, you know, cause people be like, oh, you know, a teenager and I actually thought, you know, kind of 11 and 12 were a bit tougher, you know, in terms of, you know, mood and that kind of stuff. Cause now she's kind of at the age where she's, you know, she'll say, you know, when she kind of acts out or something, she'll say, oh, you know, mom, I'm just emotional. Like, so she gets it, like she understands um it's then, better
0: um, better know than know most that. teenagers i'll tell you that
1: <laughs> i've only
0: worked with them for 20 plus years better than uh, most
1: i know but you know what i mean it's it's a whole different level because like, i remember her overreacting about stuff and i'd be like just let that light bulb go on and like now it does like now she can like you know she can laugh about it like she can like you can tease her about it you know and she totally gets it So now I mean we're starting I've already started you know attending all those seminars for um, you know college prep and you know like now we're kind of shifting that conversation Um, so in our middle guy is Andrew he is turning 12 on the 17th so um, I'm in the process of I put because it was Abby's birthday a couple weeks ago so I'm really trying to make it special with everything going on now We've um, so, got
2: two quarantine, quarantine birthdays. Quarantine
1: birthdays. So for his 12th birthday, we're gonna do like a scavenger hunt and he wants a family football game and a basketball game. And if my husband can keep his emotions in check, because the last two games we played, he's literally knocked dirt to the floor.
2: No, we can't let him <laughs> win. You know, there's gonna, the, the day is coming quick. Was, was this
0: football or sleeping. Monopoly the other night? Was it the Monopoly game the other night? You knocked somebody <laughs> yeah. over? I
2: was eat it gets heated too. Yeah, no, nothing gets heated too. This was literally
1: it. Playing, it's me, Abby, Drew, or Drew and Steve just tossing around the football.
2: So Jen he, threw a duck. I went to intercept it. The kid fell down. I went <laughs> to intercept
1: that. it, and he knocks Drew over. Ran into, into me and then fell into the flower bed that has like metal pieces on it. I'm like, are you kidding me? Like
2: we're playing on concrete. What's the matter with you? Well, this? we can't let him win, right? I think you got to learn that, you know, losing is part of life, right?
0: You know, I'm just here to ask questions and and receive responses. I I don't, you know.
2: So Drew, I mean,
1: he's involved in a lot. Drew is, he loves football. He loves baseball, basketball. um, He plays the saxophone. Um, he's just, he's probably the one who's having the most difficult time with this quarantine because he's used to go, 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 you know, every night, you know, having practice is no, no issue for him. You know, he just, he's got so much energy and Mm -hmm. just, he wants to just keep going. He's a,
0: Um, he's a defensive back in football, correct?
2: Defensive back and wide receiver and baseball. He's second base shortstop basketball he actually picked up basketball late and really has, has gotten quite good at it he plays point guard on his basketball team so he's he just naturally picks things up very easily he's got he's he's got a great work ethic you know he's he's by no means is he is he lazy he, he works at everything he gives everything he does he gives 110 percent which is just awesome to watch as as his dad and you know how much he enjoys you know, just you know not only just being on the team, but, but the team is the biggest part of what you know. He enjoys that camaraderie, but um, you know just just participating, playing, and you know no, nobody nobody can ever accuse that kid of not giving a hundred percent because everything he does, he's doing a hundred miles an hour and, and giving it all. And it's just so much fun to watch.
0: Well, Jen, what's it like being a mom on the sideline, especially during football games and so forth? I... I know he's not the biggest kid, unless he's had a huge yeah, growth spurt.
1: Yeah, no, he's not, not a fan. Okay.
0: Are you not are you, you mama all. bear or what?
1: I'm usually pretty good in terms of, you know, I, I don't run on the fields, but I haven't. <laughs> but I mean, there's been a couple of times, you know, I was close. I mean, I, I think the good thing is today, like you have, you know, I mean, you have medical staff that are on top. Cause there was one time he, he got a concussion, or, oh, yeah, I think he got hit in the head, and I mean, you know, they're so uh, protected now that, you know, they were like, right, you're done for the game, um, and I mean, even so, he wasn't showing any signs after that, but I mean, too, like, you know, base uh, basketball scares the crap out of me, because he runs like there's no tomorrow, and like, he's not gonna bounce off that wall in the gym, and every time he's flying to it, I'm like, oh my gosh, so... <laughs> Yeah, you can't I'm not, teach no yeah, fear. I joke with him all the time. I'm like, you should really try out the chess club. <laughs> and he does not want to
0: take me up on it. Hey, look, not having not having any fear will serve him well in life. You know. What about and Ella? Then we got and we got Ella who uh, <laughs> ten and in the fourth
2: grade. Yeah. And Ella Ella's mini me. <laughs> Ella is him. Oh. She, she, I,
0: <laughs> I really liked her to like right now. Go ahead. <laughs> she, she hasn't She's picked a, on me yet.
1: There is nothing that sh, that child will not try. She is
2: nothing a, that child won't say
1: that she won't say. <laughs> yeah. She is no filter. She is honest.
2: Thought, yeah. thought comes into mind and goes right out mouth. And there's no yeah. thought that maybe I should say this. Yeah.
1: But, I mean, she plays lacrosse. She plays basketball.
2: Cheers. She cheers. Wow. Uh, gets embarrassed when I go out with her cheering squad and cheers with her. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like she's literally like, dad. <laughs> wow. So, All right. Yeah.
1: Gymnastics. 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 Oh yeah,
2: gymnastics. Basketball now. Mm-hmm.
0: So, so yeah. you guys are on the go seven days. Away.
2: All the time. All the time. You know, we were. It's funny because we we just had this conversation last night that the one kind of saving grace with this whole quarantine situation we're in right now. It's it's just got given us a chance to recalibrate, take a breath and just be with each other, not be in a rush, you know, Jen and I working all day and then we gotta get this one to football and that one to cheering and that one to soccer. We've just got time to be a family. And, you know, when this is over, we'll probably never have this opportunity again. So we're we're really trying to enjoy it and, you know, appreciate how lucky we are that, that you know we have this. Yeah. And I mean you travel quite a bit yeah. too. So I mean the
1: kids like ever since he's worked for Sweet streets which has basically been Drew's whole right. life and. Arizona, um, he's always traveled you know a couple at least a couple times a month and you know sometimes for longer sprints um, or periods. So you know the kids are really enjoying you know him not having to travel at all.
0: All right. Okay. So let me get into uh into a little bit of kind of circling back around cuz now you guys have been out uh um, been out 21 years from state college, right?
2: You're old. <laughs> I,
0: I I am old. Older than you guys. This uh, is I true. Found
2: Jen she's old.
0: <laughs> you know, um thinking just thinking back to that time, I mean what what do you miss about college? What do you guys miss about, you know, you had you had the same life, you had separate lives. I mean you had your own friends but but what do you guys miss when you when you sit around and kind of talk about it?
2: I mean for me i I just miss you know, not not that we didn't have responsibilities and, and not that we you know could could you know run amok, if you will, but just that freedom that we had just to have fun be with each other um, and and fight with each other. I mean, kind of the whole group of of all of us. And that freedom of, you know, you wake up on a Saturday and you want to get together and play a a tackle football game. You know, you grab eight or nine or 10 guys and you go out and play it. Or, you know, you want to go out and have a couple of beers at the bar. You know, there's always people around to do that. Just that freedom of of not having the responsibilities that we have now as adults, Um, you know, I I, I miss. Um, Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, I
1: would agree. You know, I think the focus being on us, um, you know, and kind of having the freedom to, you know, do what we wanted when we wanted, Um, and definitely the environment. Like, I mean, um, it's going to sound cheesy, but kind of that academic environment Um, you know, I definitely miss that. I mean, apparently, you know, I went to school for some freaking years, um, you know, so just being in that environment, having the focus on us rather than, you know, I mean, every decision in our day now revolves around three three other people, um, you know, so just kind of missing that. All right.
0: Excellent. And you know what, just, just so that all our listeners are aware, I want to make certain that I state this. Uh, Steve, you are Cap Five Sigma's most winningest quarterback uh, yeah, in the history yes. of Cap Five Sigma. Oh, I just I, want uh, to make I, certain I, that everybody understood that and that, and that they knew. Um, so, Jen, tell me a little bit about, uh, you know, you, you guys have been together forever. Um, <laughs> I, I mean, I, it's really the only way to put it. So it seems like forever. And that's great. Um, How is Steve different now than he was in college? I'm not. It was for Jim.
1: Yeah, in some ways he's not. You know, in some ways it's still the same jokes. It's still you know the over the top, you know, kind of honesty. You know, which is, believe it or not, one of the things that I most admired through him through the years. That you know, I mean, if I want somebody, he's never going to sugarcoat it, and I'm going to get that you know honest impression um but i mean i would say he's an amazing father he's an amazing provider um you know and and i think probably looking at that 18 19 year old kid you know i mean surely he wasn't even thinking about those things but you know I've, i've admired through the years like he says you know like when he first moved up to new york um like it was such a hectic and crazy time I mean, it was, but you'd never know it. He kind of just took it in stride, you know, like that first job was just like, All right, you know, do it just this is what I'm doing. You yeah, know, figure we'll figure it out. We'll go from here. You know, and, I mean, it was kind of, you know, at that point, it was me and him. So like we could figure it out, you know, and then, you know, once the kids came and um, you really saw that kind of maturity. Um, and, in all right, well, now I have to keep taking these steps forward, you know, to to ensure my family's, um, you know, safety and, you know, everything he does is for us. So absolutely.
0: Excellent. Excellent. Um, Steve, my favorite question to ask at this point has been, you know, would, would your wife had fallen for the college version of you? Clearly Jen did, so my question is gonna, I had to reframe my question. And my question is, what aspect of your maturation are you happy Jen stuck around for? Essentially what, at any point, did you just like, thank goodness she stuck by me through this phase?
2: Uh, Pretty much every phase, (laughs) 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 you know, Without Jen, I wouldn't be where I'm at today. And, and I can say that with all honesty. I mean, you, everybody listening to this, uh, most everybody listening to this knew me at McKeesport. And I i was a train wreck. I'll be the first one to admit it. I was, I had no idea what I wanted to do. You know, I grew up in, you know, a pretty strict household um, you know, for I've got two older sisters, but there's a big gap between each one of us. So, you know, pretty much from the time we left Cincinnati, moved to Reading. I mean, I I was an only child and, you know, my parents were on top. I I was, you know, I had a very strict upbringing and going away to college for the first time. It's the first time I really had freedom to do what I wanted, when I wanted, how I wanted. And um
0: Just remember I, your I, kids are gonna not, hear
2: this. I, I can one hundred percent unequivocally say that I would not have made it out of McKeesport board if it wasn't for Jen. Jen was the one saving grace that it kept me from complete self destruction and failing out and getting thrown out of off that campus. Um and, and without her, I, I you know, there there wouldn't have been a state college chapter, you know, I, I I like to think I'm, you know, a smart enough guy, eventually I would have matured and, you know, figured something out. But if if it wasn't for Jen, I would not be where I'm at in life right now.
0: All right. Thank you, Jen. (laughs) And thank you, Steve. I mean, you guys, you guys have done amazing things together. Really have, it's I I can't even imagine, you know, starting that young and, and maturing through this and going through the growing process together. Uh, what's it What's it like having a Penn State household? Uh, we've got some Pitt Penn State households. We've got some Florida Penn State households. Uh, got a little here what's don't it? Forget that. Uh, you know, it's it's not the same. Grad school is not the same. I mean, what's it like having a Penn State household? You
1: know, it's funny. From the time all three kids could oh, talk. Dear they could recite the fight song. The fight song. So I mean, people would come over, and I mean, they didn't miss a beat. No, and we every the time song. they would play, they would, <laughs> and people would be like, oh my God, like, <laughs> how did your kid even know that many were And it was just that song. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's always kind of, it's been part of our, our definitely our story. Yeah. Um, and you know, and it's funny because, you know, I, I don't, I like the football, but you know, like when I talk to the kids, it's more about you know all the other things. When know? I talk to the kids, it's about <laughs> it's about Grandpa Joe It's you know the great education. It's the environment that you know. I always tell people like it, it's the true college experience. You know, I, I truly get excited. We have good friends of ours; their daughters going in the fall. Um, and I, you know, I'm so excited
2: for her because I just, I know she's going to have just this, you know, the time of her life. And and it's absolutely rubbed off on the kids too. You know, Abby, you know, the only college Abby talks about being interested right now is Penn State and Drew, you know, dad, I want to grow up, you know, Drew wants to play football and baseball and basketball for Penn State. You know, even Ella is, you know, it's. Penn State's what they know because it's what we've you know, we, um, we actually met, met up with the Cirque back in November and, um, you know, just, just walk in, just walk the campus before a football game and, um, and, you know, just how impressed and, and in awe of the entire campus, all three of them were. And, you know, I, you saw that too, Mo, when, when we took, uh, when we took Abby and, and, and your son mm-hmm. up to Penn State for the football game a couple of years ago, and, you know they both had that same kind of just that that awe inspired look of the whole campus, and you know it's they they can go wherever they want. You know I, I want them to make their life, but you know they're they're, they're definitely they are uh, they, they are, are are Penn State's in their blood, mm-hmm. just like their parents.
0: Well Aiden Aiden, funny you mentioned that game and, and, and that's great because I, I really that was Aiden's first time experiencing it. Um I'm sure he you know, he grew up with me yelling at the T V every Saturday. Uh, but I will never forget his face. He turned to me so so just seriously after the first touchdown was scored, uh, which was probably about a yeah, minute, minute and bro. a half to the game. I was
2: walking souvenirs back to the car. Yeah,
0: it was a minute and a half into the game and, and we scored, and the pageantry April had just had ended, kickoff, and Aiden turns to me with a dead serious look and says, Dad, how do I become the quarterback at Penn State? <laughs> and and my response was, well, first you have to start playing football. <laughs> <laughs> but, but that's the impact that that environment has, and and he loves ice cream, so you know that trip to the creamery worked out really well too. Uh, so we're coming through. We're we're heading. We're in the home stretch. Um, anything in terms of uh, challenges, life challenges, anything that that's kind of like a, a word of advice to everybody, or hey, this is what we've been through. So if you ever go through it, you know we're here for you. Type of situation. Anything that you guys want to share or able to share.
2: I mean, we. We've been lucky and, you know, I'll kind of answer this and you can jump in, Jen, but, you know, we've we been very blessed. I mean, we, both Jen and I are, are both healthy. Our, our kids have all been healthy, you know, no real, the worst thing we've really been through as a family is, you know, when Abby was three, she ruptured her appendix and uh, had to be airlifted down to chop in Philly and, and have her appendix taken out. but which was scary at the time, but scary. once it was out, it was like, all right, she's good now. And you know, she spent a week in the hospital on antibiotics, but you know, compared, you know, we, when we were there and seeing these kids that were there for cancer treatments and everything, and I mean, basically lived in the hospital because they needed to be cared for around the clock. We we have not had to experience any anything even close to that. So, you know, in that regards, we've been very, very lucky. Um, you know, in terms of, you know, personal, it's you – know, Jen alluded to it earlier. You know, our, our life is our family. You know, it's – neither Jen nor I are, are big hangout people. Um, you know, when, when we have our, our, our free time, you know, both of us, uh, you know, just enjoy spending it with the kids, being at their events, at their football games, basketball games, dance recitals. You know, whatever they're into, you know, both Jen and I have, from day one, been fully invested in them. And,
0: and, and you were traveling yeah, for the better part of five, six years, correct?
2: Yeah. you well, on the road. You know, that, that's, that's, you know, the, the, the sacrifice I make in, in order to provide for the family is that, you know, I've, I, I am gone a lot during the week, but when I'm here, I'm here, right? Mm-hmm. I would you agree with that? I mean, I'm, I'm not you know, going and hanging out with buddies in the neighborhoods, you know, when I'm home, I'm home. And, you know, that that's very important to me. And, and, you know, I'll make travel on myself more difficult, you know, if I've got to drive, you know, four hour drive, so I can get home to pick up Drew for, you know, baseball or basketball or one of the girls, you know, I do that and, and I wouldn't have it any other way. Um, you know, Sunday dinners, you know, I, I heard when, uh, you know, Mo's or when Howie did his, his interview, um, you know, that was something he pointed to that's very close to his family. We feel the same way, you know, we, we make it a point, you know, certainly on Sundays we kind of do it up big, but you know, it's, it's always been important from us from, from day one, to make sure we have dinner as a family in whatever form that can be, you know, with, with the kids being so busy all the time, um, you know, sometimes it's literally Jen is cooking dinner at four thirty because we got to eat because we're going to be out till 9 o'clock mm-hmm. with activities. But however we can get that in when we're all here together, that's a priority for us. So you know, that that's what works for. I don't know if you have anything you want to add to that or expand on, Jen. You know? Yeah, no, I would agree. And you know, I, I
1: mean, I think like of course we've had you know kind of. Where things were kind of tougher you know she's married to me things are always tough no but I mean, like (laughs) I mean like we didn't even when he first took this promotion back here he lived back here for about a year Mm. and I lived in Arizona with the kids Um, Uh and he would come home he would be gone like maybe 10-12 days and then come back for 3-4 or days Um, you know so But I I think that, you know, through, like, you know, things like that or, um, you know, other times, like, there was always kind of, all right, well, you know, if we just kind of get through this patch, you know, there was a reason to kind of, you know, move forward to get us to the next step. All right.
0: Um, Jen, Steve lived in my old room at 228 South Atherton Street. I know how cold it was. I definitely know how noisy it was, being on the landing. How much time just spent in the house when he was there, and what was that like?
1: Was that the was that the bunk beds with Sean or was yeah. that the other room? No, yeah. So,
2: are you you're talking about the room on the second floor, Mo? Yep,
0: first room <laughs> on was the right. I
2: lived there and I lived yes, up on the third floor too. So. But yeah, when I it was funny because actually, um, I shared that room with Cartwright. I had a loft that one bed. You know, it was basically a bunk bed, but it was a loft. Um, So we, Jen had her apartment at Parkway Plaza when I lived in Avernote. I basically moved into that. And, you know, we were at her apartment more than she was really at the house because it was quiet and it was clean.
0: Clean, clean would be the the key word there, right? (laughs) Totally understand. (laughs) All right. Um, What are some standout experiences uh, with fraternity life?
2: For me or Jen?
0: Well, you know, <laughs> so I mean. You
2: were, you were basically part of it. You were like the, the fraternity mom. But, um, no, just, you know, just the camaraderie with the guys. You know, the, the people that I still associate with now are, you know, the guys from the house. Um, you know, there, there's a few guys from high school that I touch base with every once in a while. But... You know, when I, when I look back on, you know, my true friends, my, my brothers, you know, it's, it's the guys from the house that, you know, are really what, what I consider, you know, true, true friends, you know, and it, it's funny because I was having this conversation with, with my oldest daughter and, you know, just kind of telling her about how, you know, so much seems like it's the most important thing in the world right now. I, you know, I, I, but I tell him like, you know, this is such a small period of your life. You know, really, the people that are, are really going to be impactful and part of your life going forward are the people you're going to meet in, in college, when, when, wherever you go. And you know, that, that's really been my experience. You know, my brothers, the, the the people that that I I look back fondly on, you know, are all guys from from the house and just, you know, from playing. Freaking PlayStation hockey and, and how important that was at the time. To <laughs> you know, backyard football games. To tying Bolton to the freaking front of the house in a lawn chair. You know, just the stupid shit we used to do on a routine basis. That's what I miss. You know, just just you know, always having guys around. Always having guys you like around. Um, you know, and, and, and that that bond that you get is is really what I miss from from being that.
0: Jen, you got anything to add?
1: No, I mean, it was always such a good group of guys, you know, and um, it was kind it's been really cool, like watching, first of all, watching you all have, get married and have wives <laughs> <laughs> and subsequently children, and a lot of which are girls. So that's been kind of fun to watch. <laughs> but just, you know, and I mean, just the maturity, too. Jen, Jen loves it that Denny has
2: three girls. That's awesome. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but, I mean, you know, just kind of seeing you guys grow up, too. And, you know, and it, it wasn't just kind of that flash in the pan of, you know, like, all right, well, you know, these are the guys I lived with. Like, you know, you made each other part of, you know, your lives. You know, whether that be, you know, I mean, like when we lived out west, we saw Tony quite often. You know, we saw you. We... Um, like, you know, we take the opportunities, you know, where we can and, um, you know, like, you know, the circles we met last mm-hmm. year and just, you know, just it can't
2: be all the time, but you know
1: we make it, you know, a priority.
2: And, and, and it's it's funny too, because different people at different stages of our lives, yes. we've connected with, you mm-hmm. know, um, Tony and, and Mickle really have been the two constants, you know, both, you know, Tony and, and Mickel were both in my wedding. Um, you know, Tony's my son's godfather. Um, you know, Mikkel, You know has, has always been around. You know, when we were living in New York, both Tony and Mikkel were up in, in Bristol, Connecticut. And, you know, they'd come down to Yankee games, we went to Ranger games together, uh, went to Z100's Jingle Ball, the Meadowlands. You know, then shortly after 9-11, I reconnected with uh Cirqua. Uh, and I, I don't really remember what the circumstances were. I honestly just think he knew we were living out in New York and he just picked up the phone to make sure everything was all right after that time. And when we moved to Easton, uh, I knew he was living in Doylestown. And our daughters, his his oldest daughter Riley, is a couple of weeks, I think, younger than, than Abby. So we you know, kind of had that mutual bond. And then when he moved out to Pittsburgh, um, I would... When I traveled through, you know, we'd, I, we'd always pick a night and go out to dinner and just kind of catch up. And then when I moved out west, obviously reconnecting with you and Howie and, and going out to dinners out west. And you know, how Tony was still, you know, a, a very big presence in, in our life. And um, you know, Bolden, you know, before Bolden passed away, we saw Bolden a lot of times, and yeah. you know, Odie a couple of times, and. Kept in touch with, you know, Cartwright over text and the phone, but you know, it's just, it's been, it's been cool how, you know, we've all been there and and now with social media, it's easier, but we've always kind of all been there on the outside looking in and just through different phases that we've been in in life, you know, the people that, you know, have have been able to, you know, Howie and his family came out and visited us in Phoenix and we spent a day in Phoenix with them and, you know, all the times we got together you know although he never came to my house so i actually went back to pa but we, we won't get into that yeah. but uh you know just just connecting with you and you know it, it's been great and then you know with with these zoom hangouts you know seeing denny again and, you know I, it, my son and i uh went down to the uh the uh citrus Bowl when when Penn state was playing there you know, I hooked up with Wes, and you know, spent the day with Wes and his daughter. So, you know, it's, it's just been cool how you know how much, however much time passes. And the one thing that, that has struck me most is it doesn't matter who it is. You know, I don't know if you remember the first time you and I got, you know, got got together out in Vegas. We went out to a uh, Texas Day Brazil, I think it was, right?
0: I do, yes. And,
2: you know, after after the first, you know, bro hug and how you been. It's like we hadn't spent years not talking to each other. You know, you just kind of fall into old, old routines and old habits. And, and it's like, there hasn't been time that that's passed. And that's, that's been the same with everybody, you know, same thing with Wes, when, you know, I went down and saw him and I hadn't seen Wes since freaking keysport I mean, it had been a long time since I had had any kind of contact with Wes and, you know, it, it, there was a bond there at that time and it's still there now, even though that we're not with each other all the time that bond is still
0: strong. Absolutely. Um, perfect perfectly When was the last time you listened to Goodnight Saigon?
2: So I'm not the biggest Billy Joel fan in the world. I just don't, I don't listen to his music.
0: Jen, Jen has wild. to be because she's gotta, from New York.
2: <laughs> Goodnight Saigon is, is the one song that, that I do like of, of, of Billy Joel's, but it's honestly it's, it's been a while i, I had not heard it in a long time
0: no. so you listen to howie's podcast um you definitely got the refrain in the beginning where do where do those lyrics where does that song take you back what's the memory
2: just uh parties at the frat house when you know we'd be drunk off our asses and somebody would play that song and you know, we'd all grab arm in arm and huddle up and scream it at the top of our lungs and toast our glass. You know that—that—that's really what pops up when when that song comes on to me. Mm-hmm.
0: Jen, what's it? What's it been like for you as we uh, have been reconnecting with virtual Happy Hour Fridays?
2: It's been loud. <laughs> the kids are
1: like, "Daddy talks so loud." <laughs> and we've been trying, cause we even trying because he says the F word a lot. <laughs> But, you know, it's funny because, like, you know, the laundry room is right next to his office. So, like, you know, we're doing laundry or whatever. And, like, the same banter and the same, <laughs> like, making fun of each other. I'm like, my lord, you guys are in your 40s. like. <laughs> but it's the same. You know, it's funny because, like, Steve was saying, like, I feel like the one-on-one or even, like, if it's two or three of you, it still has that mature kind of, you know, rhetoric maybe but all of you together, it just seems to like, it's, you know, like just the same old, like, you know, making fun of certain people that I won't
2: name, (laughs) you know? So, but it's fun to hear. That's
0: great. All right. Well.
2: I feel like I'm an equal opportunist with the making fun. I don't pick on one person. I I run the golfing.
0: Tell me, tell me what a reunion would be like when, when this is over, you know, There's a silver lining in every tragedy. There just really is, you have to look for it. And obviously this has been brought out, but assuming that this ends relatively soon and we're able to get together again in the fall, hopefully in state college, what do you think that would be like? What would you look forward to?
2: It depends on how the reunion was set up. If it's just us, and going to Happy Valley, getting a Happy Valley by hook or by crook, it's going to be a whole lot like the Zoom meetings that <laughs> we're going to be with each other. If our families are brought into the equation, you know, I, it'll be a more subdued, you know, the, the, the joking and the banter will absolutely still go on, but it'll be subdued because
0: we'll have the eyes looking down on us to make sure that we... Uh, Don't go maybe, to jail?
2: But... <laughs> you know here, here's here's the cool thing. you know we've all you know our kids are all relatively within the same age and you know I like when when you guys came down here you know the way Aiden you know interacted with Drew and, and even Abby you know it was kind of awkward because it was a boy and a girl the same age but you know even you know the way they interacted you know it's it's cool that, you know, our bond kind of gets shared with our kids and, you know, they can get along and they can, they can interact with each other. And, you know, our wives, you know, all, you know, get along and, 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 you know, have camaraderie, you know, with, with each other. So, you know, I remember, you know, when, when Jen and I came up to Vegas for that weekend and we went out to dinner, you know, Jen and Kim get along great. You know, it's kind of been like that, you know, when Howie's family came up and, you know, that, that that's kind of been a constant that, you know, there's, you know, clearly on their end, there's a bond between us and that bond shares with our children. You know, my, my kids got along great with Howie's kids and, you know, it, it extends to our families, too, which, you know, I, I, I think there'd be a whole lot of that if, if we brought our, our, our families together. I just personally, we've talked about this. I don't think Happy Valley is the place to do it because what we'll want to do in Happy Valley, we can't bring our kids. Then so we're going to stick our wives with the kids, and we're all going to go out and get drunk and be stupid and come back to a bunch of pissed off wives because they had to sit and take care of the kids. So I don't know that Happy Valley is the place for us all to reconnect, but so we got to figure out some place to do it. I've got
0: I've got two questions. Uh, the first one's to Jen. Um, Jen, I I think by proximity. You would be the closest wife if we did not bring families to a reunion in state college. I just want to know if you're going to bail us all out.
1: (laughs) I will bail you guys out. Don't say that, except for my husband. husband. (laughs) (laughs) We'll we'll drop.
0: We'll drop off the money for the bonds. You know, before we head out.
1: I'm going to bail all of you guys out, and then you're going to (laughs) stay.
0: All right, you know what, um, last question. Anything that you want to say, anything that you want to share. Um, you know, you guys have had an incredible experience, an incredible bond that started, uh, originated at Penn State, and obviously to this day continues. Um, incredible bond with all the brothers in the fraternity and everybody who was close in terms of friendships, uh, people that were close to the house. Um, what do you want to say to everybody?
2: Uh just, yeah. For me, you know, like I said, there's been a bunch of you that that I've been able to keep in touch with, but you know, particularly you know the Zoom meetings and you know this platform, you know, I'll be honest with you, I listened to the first episode you did with Howie and you know, I was just kind of riveted by the story, you know, and I think this was a fantastic idea that you had, you know, everybody get an opportunity to kind of share their experiences, you know, in their own words, but just you know, there's We talk about the fraternity being a brotherhood and I I think our actions and and the way that that we can all interact and and just pick up seamlessly from from where we left off, you know, I I think that speaks volumes to that brotherhood, you know, that that there is a bond that goes deeper than, you know, a fraternity house and and being with each other all, you know, it's, it's something that's lasted a lifetime and that's, you know, really struck me. Over the last few weeks, what, since we've been in this quarantine period and, you know, having an opportunity with things calming down, just kind of take stock and, you know, who are the relationships that are important to you and who are the people that are important to you and it, it you know, it's, it's, you guys, you know, and how we're able to, to get together and, 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 you know, shoot the shit, have a couple of beers over our computer and, you know, the laughs and, you know, the jokes and everything else, you know, that, that's, that's really been a testament to that brotherhood that we built up, you know, 20 some odd years ago when we were in school.
0: That's great. Jen, you want to add anything?
2: No, I
1: mean, I, I think that Steve kind of said it well that, you know, and I think, that, you know, going back to, you know, Abby's 15 now and we'll be, you know, kind of in this realm soon of college. and. The one thing you know we have said to her is you know these kind of relationships kind of form fluidly that you know there was never you know like Steve was saying that you know a lot of times you know and you know like high school like you know if something happens it's the end of the world and you know it's there's a good chance she'll keep in touch with maybe you know one or two people but really where she's going to you know kind of solidify those bonds is going to be in college and um, you know, and it's going to come, you know, very organically. And, um, and I, I think that's one of the things with you guys that everything was always very organic. I mean, you guys could not be more different. Um, a lot of you and it, you just work well together and, um, you know, and you're yourselves, you know, it's not, you know, I think we all know at this point being in our forties that there's sometimes where you know, we tamper down our, you know, personality or, you know, change it, you know, depending on the audience, whatever, and it's never that way with you guys, you know, which I think is a really cool thing. Mm
0: -hmm. Thank you. We've been speaking to Steve and Jennifer Biddle together 25 years this fall, meeting at Penn State and Keysport, three beautiful children, future Penn Staters. Steve, Jen, thank you so much. We look forward to seeing you soon. Uh, hopefully this, you guys stay safe throughout this pandemic, and we'll be together shortly, I hope.
2: You too, buddy. Thanks. Thank you. you guys have
0: a great night. Thank you.